Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning with Ask a Windermere Coach. And on occasion, I'll be joined by Nick Hansen, Doug Simcock, and Eric Thompson. On this podcast, we want to talk about how to create great work-life balance and epic customer service in the real estate industry. We hope you enjoy our podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, and welcome to Ask a Winnie Coach. And I'm super excited today because I have Ann Jones and Dave Jones. You guys, welcome to our podcast. What's going on? How you doing? Thanks for Good. having us. I'm yeah. so glad to have you. First of all, I have to just say congratulations on your uh, Persons of the Year for Inman for 2020. <laughs> that was awesome. I, uh, that was uh, that was a big accolade. I'm sure you guys have gotten a lot of people that have been reaching out to you because of that. So, well, yeah, well done. Windermere yeah, family you. has shown us a lot of love. Thank you. Yep. Yeah, it's been cool. It's been a different because I, you know, I never won anything growing up. Like I was the last <laughs> person who won a buying your lotto ticket. <laughs> so, that is not true. <laughs> no, I never won anything. Also, Dave's really excited to have to share one more thing with me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Well, for the people listening that might that might not know you, a lot of people probably do know you, but people that don't know you, you guys uh, are, uh, you live in the Tacoma area, which is uh, south of Seattle, Tacoma, Washington. You guys have your Windermere Abode Company, and Dave told me you guys are at 25 agents now, so you started with what, six? Is that right? And then grew uh, number seven. Seven. And then me as licensed. Yeah. yeah. So. And, then, and now you guys are at 25. Um, you got, you got two kids, right? And, and Dave wasn't sure of the age, Zan. So I'm going to check with you. I, I, we got 10, oh. 15. Is that correct? Wow. Way, <laughs> way, way to be stereotypical. Um, 11 and recently 15. Okay. So 11 and 15. Okay. Perfect. Um, and, uh, you know, I dug some things out of the article, but I just want to tell you a couple things that I wanted to kind of just hit today is that uh, we have a lot of possible or owners or potential owners listening that are in the real estate sector. And, you know, in today's world, it's not about uh, deal doctoring, as we call it, and putting, you know, people in seats and filling up your office. Uh, Being in real estate today is a a much bigger picture of building communities, uh, specifically what, what, you know, when we have uh, diversity, equity, uh, equality, all these things going on today. And you have a big responsibility. And I think you guys are doing a great job with that. And I just want people hopefully to learn from what you've been doing uh, and kind of talk about that. So when I grabbed the article and I was reading it, a couple of words really came to mind about the two of you. And I just wanted to let you know what those are. Uh, Communication. You guys uh, seem to communicate very effectively with uh, each other and with your uh, your office and with your agents on a consistent basis. Um, You actually are leaders that... Uh, are not afraid to face adversity uh, and put it out there. I think that that's, that's, you know, a lot of times we have this fear-based, well, if I say that, you know, who am I offending? Or if I say this, will it damage our reputation? And I think you guys are just like, hey, you know what? We're authentic and this is what we're about. And I love that. 
Um, I also have resourcefulness uh, and uh, highly consistent and truly authentic. So that's what I got. Uh, and from knowing you, uh, you know, I've met Dave, I met you at an installation. I've known Anne a little bit longer, but um, you know, that's just kind of how you come across. So, so kudos to both of you on that. Oh, well, thank, thank you. you. So let me just read this to you and you, and you guys can kind of tell me. So it's in, in the article I was reading, it says, our approach from the very beginning was to dismiss the idea that a business should be politically neutral. Um, and said, and we have been able to weave this focus on community and social justice into what we do. Talk to me a little bit about that and why that's important, not just for what you guys do, but maybe for our listeners, why they should be also thinking along those terms as well. This, this is a career that obviously like weaves its way into every corner of your life. And that was one thing I knew after having been an agent uh, for some time before we opened and also having been raised by self-employed parents, um, I understood that if you, if it wasn't in alignment with who we are as individuals, it wouldn't work. And I knew enough about Dave to know that like that was the essential piece because real estate's my passion. It's not, not Dave's passion, but building something with uh, that as the foundation allowed it to be something that we could vision together. And it also, I mean, looked and felt a little different than what else I'd seen out there, I guess, is the, the best way I can say it, that we recognize that there was a little bit of a gap. There aren't too many owners who look like us as a combination. Um, right. and, and so that was an opportunity to bring a little different perspective to things. And so the agents that we opened with, the agents that we have recruited, that was a very open conversation with them from the very beginning. Yep. Like they, think- they knew where our heads were at. Yeah. Right. And <clears throat> I think, I mean... I want to like the politically neutral or the politically leaning part. Um, I wanted to address that because I, I, it may not seem, it's not like we're telling people or we're saying, Hey, Democrat or Republican or nothing like that. I think what they meant was like, we're going to stand up for social justice issues right. and speak on them, which to some people are political views. Absolutely. Um, and Versus human versus human, human rights. rights views. Because I, I love people. Like when we talked about like <laughs> my passion is like, yeah, I didn't grow up saying like, I'm going to be a real estate owner, but <laughs> I did grow up saying I love people and I want to do whatever I can to help them, educate them. I was a teacher before this. I want to educate people, everybody. I love everybody. You know what I mean? I just love people. I love teaching. Right. Um, I love helping. So anyway, that's that's kind of where I'm coming from into this. And so it's been a great, whereas Anne has the real estate chops and I'm more of a manager slash coach slash, you know, all these things. Um, (laughs) And I should have mentioned too, I mean, Anne, you've been doing this for what, 13, 14 years now in real estate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 You know, and and prior to this, Dave, you were administration at Foss High School. And so you were charged with changing the culture there and then bringing that passion over to combining forces with Anne and what you're doing now. Um, and we just showed our kids 10 things I hate about you because I did spend 12 years at Stadium High School. So that's also <laughs> a place. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, 14 years? No, no 12. 12. It was 12. 12. 12 years. So I, so I guess th- what you're saying there and, what, and that little piece is really is that uh, is building a culture of individuals with your organization that are actually uh, setting a standard in the community to to look outward and to say, you know, how are we showing up in a way that's uh, dealing with diversity, dealing with equality, uh, building communities where it's all encompassing and good for people, right? In general, mm-hmm. I mean, is that well? And and what if you you know what if you lead with that conversation 
obviously like they, they know we're a real estate office. I already had a, a successful real estate business. So people kind of understood how I practiced. They knew um, that I was very into video and social media and all those things, but it's more about if we started with that conversation, who would we attract? And we knew like at 25 people, we're pretty much full. And we knew that was our game plan. We, we anticipated being small because we thought, well, it's more important to have people who are in alignment than uh, fill up a a big office space. Yep. Well, and I think it also speaks to culture and Dave and I were just having this conversation a little bit right before the podcast, but uh, it also allows you to create this, this culture, if you will, that actually attracts more like-minded people. Would you agree with that? I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which then gets the, it's kind of a snowball effect, right? The more that you do that, the more you have those people there, the more they're attracting like-minded people and it grows, but it also becomes contagious to hopefully where it spreads outside of just your organization. I mean, if, and- I, I think we're, I think we're seeing that happening for sure. I think that's, that is the net effect. And also, I mean, for us, the beautiful thing has been, we started with this idea, sort of the, the pitch and the way we talk to people. And then as we added the right folks into our organization, I mean, it's their message. It's their, they're the ones that really embody that. Um, and they have helped us add sort of the, the final people to the, the team because they're reaching out and recruiting on right. that platform. Right. Yeah, that's great. Well, and let's, and let's talk a little bit about, about adversity. So as we go through this, so 2017, right at the end of 2017, you, t- you start an office. So 2017, 18, 19, and then COVID hits. Right. And all of a sudden we and I think everybody in real estate panicked a little bit at the beginning because we're like, oh, my gosh, what's going to go on? Um, And then and then we have racial unrest. Right. That -hmm. happens. And now we're dealing with that. And I I just love it because we had a lot of people in our industry that kind of stuck their head in the sand. And Mm -hmm. um, and you guys did something very different. And this is just out of the article says uh, Dave also doubled the number of podcasts he was doing going from one a week to two, the recordings were meant uh, to capture the informative but casual conversations that would normally happen in person and which serves as a kind of informal education for agents. And I know that you guys upped your communication with your agents and you started providing more value. Tell me a little bit about that and how you guys kind of weathered that storm with kind of your process. Well, like you said, like everyone else in March, when this all hit, I mean, everyone didn't know what was going to happen. And so, yeah, there was that moment of fear, but we don't, try to operate out of fear, you know, like as a leader who's been in different positions in schools, like, and now with a company, uh, you know, I just have never operated out of fear. And so we wanted to make sure that we were a solid voice for our people, keeping their heads in the game, Uh, you know, FaceTimes, we were just talking to people, like literally the whole day was talking to our agents. Um, And then on top of that, we, yeah, we had a podcast already going, the Inside Abode podcast which then we, yeah, I just said, all right, we're, we're going to do two a week since we're all sitting at home. Right. <laughs> I mean, exactly. Might as well double it up and talk about all the different kinds of things, because at the at the top of my mind, in terms of uh, owning the businesses, you know, we we're sitting there saying, well, how do how do I get how do we get our people out there? How do we showcase how great our people are? Um, and so that's kind of the, where that stemmed from. And then uh, it led into other conversations. And uh, so, yeah, it, you can even go back and look and like at that time in March, 2020, you'll see like, they're just like constant. Um, and then, you know, now I'm just back to like a week. I try to drop one a week, every one a week, but, uh, you know, and then also as we move through the, the pandemic, um, you know, and then we became 
essential again and people could start working and then what we were doing was we were really taking a strong look at the stats every single every single week like how is it going where is it at because there was a lot of questions about what's going to happen to the market so then it started digging into the stats really heavy and really sharing going deep on the stats every week which which also helps keep people present right, you know in, instead right. of panicking about the things right. we can't control what's what's happening right what's at happening. right at this moment and and let's stay grounded in something um, because that was hard at that beginning yeah. portion. So those were the two things, was the moral support and mental support, and then the numbers, which would help with that fear. Part. Yeah, and that's the other thing, too, is I think a lot of times, uh, also you help deal with the emotions that were going on with your agents as well by having consistent communication. What were some of those conversations like? Yeah, I mean, I you know, especially when we come to a meeting or something like that, when I show up, yeah, at that time I was, I was, I was bothered, you know, like I was, I was angry. I was sad. I was all over the place. And so I shared that, you know, it wasn't, um, I don't, I wasn't trying to keep it a secret and I'll tweet through it. I'll, I'll talk through it. I'll, I'll figure out how I'm going to get through it, but it, it's a real feeling. And I want to make sure that people knew how I was feeling, uh, because for most of my professional career, I had to suppress it Yep. and just kind of make it through. And so it felt really invigorating for me and, and it, it felt like a coming out party, like, okay, it's okay to say the things that are on my mind and that I've been through in the professional career. Uh, and, and, and I just wanted to give other, uh, you know, black and brown men who, who have been me coming up a voice or at least someone that they can look to and go, yeah, I, I, and then that gives them permission to, to speak. Um, and so I know that because I was that kid at one time who looked up and said, oh, that person's speaking. That's how I got an administration. Right. Um, because I, I saw someone else that looked like me who, who could do it because I had doubts in my mind that I could even do it. Right. You know, and so it, it's just important. And so I wanted to be that for someone else. And within, within the organization, I think the other thing that's, that's noteworthy is we're a pretty close group already. So this yeah. was, yeah. It, it's important to mention that like 2020 wasn't the first time we started talking about race around our table right. Uh, right. or in our office meetings. Exactly. Yeah. Or, so, so it, that, I mean, our relationship with each other as a group, we already had those conversations. So it wasn't like breaking the ice. I think it set the stage for Dave to be honest and for other people to be honest about how they were feeling right. yeah. um, because we had those relationships. And was it the beginning of 20? No, it was the beginning of 2020 that we gave everybody the color of law. That was 2019. Was it 2019? Yeah. You know, so, I mean, and not that that's, I'm not saying that the color of law is, is like the, the- Oh, but it's a good book. It. it... Yeah, it's good. If I mean, for a lot of people, if you book. haven't read it or haven't spent right. time just pondering that, like it's a great entry point because it's very statistics based. Right. It's facts and figures and things that really can't be can't be refuted. So that allowed us to go deeper in 2020 than I think, you know, for people who are just starting that conversation uh, to do that remotely over Zoom. It's pretty tough. I'm in a, a yeah. leadership group, a local business leadership group this year. And these are, you know, very well-trained sort of high level folks. And we're trying to do DEI work amongst other things. And it's not easy because right, you, exactly. you don't have the ability to sit and right. really have like that, that heavy conversation and come back out of it again. Yeah. So, so, so I, for owners listening, I mean, it's kind of like you're trying to jump in the double Dutch and you never even jumped rope before. Yeah, like exactly. that's, that's really what that was like, I bet. If not for me, but I can I yeah, yeah. imagine. Well, it was like. And it's very eye-opening, right? Because there's a lot of things you can just deny or just look away from, which uh, you know you really have to you really have to open up your mind and you have to be attached to nothing and say, you know, what's my responsibility in this? 
and mm-hmm. how can I help and how can I do things? And, you know, can, can we all be better? And how can we right. be better? And what can we do differently? And I think that, um, and that's not easy for some people to do, right? And it's also because it's hard, uh, sometimes it's not always uh, put at the top level for focus because it's it's not easy. Right. Yeah, yeah it's not easy. Um, well, I commend you for doing that and, and sticking with it. And, and I'm going to get to this one piece here in a little bit. But the other thing that I noticed here is that, so uh, as I read through the article, he says, uh, I feel like we were very good. We, were, we had a very good year. Uh, because we were keeping everyone engaged, uh, you added that. But prior to lockdown, one of the agents at Abode had been making sandwiches for the local uh, rescue mission, uh, which provides services to people experiencing homelessness. And at the pandemic worsened, uh, you guys joined the efforts and it quickly grew into a group effort. So talk a little bit about, you guys are reaching out to the community, I think, which is, that's a big deal and and how you're doing that. Talk to me a little bit about that and why that's so important to, you know, the organization itself and why other owners should be doing the same thing. Well, that was, that's Mello Hogan who works with us. Shout out to Mello. (laughs) Mello uh, is a constant, constant source of inspiration when it comes to um, giving back to the community and, and, you know, not just community service, which I think implies this sort of one way, like I'm, I'm given a handout to someone. I mean, it's about really being engaged and connected with the community. It's something that she's really taught me is that that consistent service um, puts you more in the flow. You, you know, you understand what's, right. what's going on. You're not just dropping off this donation. You're really- Punching a time card and saying, I did my time. It's very different than that, right? Yeah, or, or writing your check or, yep. you know, whatever else. Right. So it was, it was twofold for us because she had been doing this a, a lot of work, her and her family do a lot of volunteering. And I could see that they were carrying a pretty heavy load. And I just said, hey, maybe we can help out with that. Maybe we could take over Friday sandwiches. So your family, like they deliver food to a food bank twice a week, you know, pick it up and deliver it, like doing a lot of work. But it became a way for our brokers to come together. That was the first evolution was our brokers would meet up on Friday afternoons, gather these sandwiches, socially distance, chance for everybody to see each other in person, yeah, right? waiting. <laughs> I'm waving at the cameras as we're recording a podcast. Like that's yeah, waving at people. Yeah. But but we, you know, we got to physically see each other, which for a social bunch is is really important. And then we started looping our community into it. And then when it became obvious that this was going to go on for quite a long time, we started opening it up to our community. Hey, drive by the back of our office, we'll be outside and drop off your sandwiches. And we suddenly realized that our elderly clients and and friends who could no longer volunteer, people Mm -hmm. who are retired for whom this is a sense of purpose, started circling up with us and saying, great, we'll be there. Um, Eventually, when a local church and the Lions Club and different organizations got involved. And uh, so we have been doing that every Friday since the pandemic started and taken at least a SUV load of food to the rescue mission. You know when we're going to stop? I don't know. You know, it's kind of like the snacks for school thing. Yeah. It's like the need is still there. Like yeah. yeah. Well, and also too, and, and, and you're reaching out. So it's just not dropping off food, but you're also engaging with uh, these entities, right? And having conversations and learning more about how they have needs uh, and yeah. other things, other things that are transpiring from that engagement, correct? Yes. And it's, it's also really, really important. I mean, just bluntly, we have continued to do our business in this market and prices doing what they're doing um, you know, the hard times that a lot of people have fallen on, like we have an outright duty to be taking care of people in our community. I mean, we're continuing to make money um, when other people are really suffering. And exactly. I think the other end of that, at least for here, us here in Pierce County, is 
we've got a tremendous issue with yeah. with homelessness and uh, housing right. insecurity. Well, the, the wealth gap is going to exacerbate. We're going to look right. back in 30 years and we're going to point to this time and uh, that when that's this is a time when the wealth gap exacerbated and yeah. actually got worse. Yeah. So how you know, we, we know we can't fix all the pro problems in the world, but we can we can in our community, though, we can control what we can control. And so that, that was a if, great move. If you're invested in activities like that, I think then when the time comes, I'm going to loop this back around a little bit, Michael, because I think what happens is if you're plugged in, then when you're serving on your government affairs committee, when you're right. on you know some other yeah, organization yeah. within the realtor machine, um, yes. or just you know a board that you serve on something, you don't look at that just through the lens of uh, the the realtor or the. I mean, I don't know, you know, you, you take a little broader and a little softer look at things and say, how are we taking care of this community that's taken such good care of us? Right. Well, and, and I think it, uh, to circle back on what you said, I say, you know, you have a platform. I mean, I think that you have a, a platform which you can speak from where you, the two of you and what you're doing and how you're doing it, you know, you can help others change to the same thing. Because I think collectively, as more of our industry starts to realize you know, that, you know, we, we do have an impact at changing the communities for the better, and we have ability to go do that. I think a lot of people struggle with, well, what do we do? H how do we do mm -hmm. it? Right? I mean, I honestly, that's what I'm hearing is like, well, okay, it's, it's all great that we talk about it, but what can we do? And, and which leads me to this next piece, you know, is where you really took a stance at what in early June, uh, you guys posted a 15 minute unscripted video on Instagram about racial justice. The video highlighted the uh, uh, black leadership in real estate and noted that the industry needs to do better on racial issues. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, there's a couple couple instances. So we did a we did a, a, a unscripted interview, and the story behind that was at the time I was just like, well, all the businesses and companies are posting, you know, they're doing posts, which is cool, but like I'm not seeing any straight up voices behind these, like the owners, like the people, like the, and so I was like, like well let's let's go live <laughs> and and really there was it was not script it literally was not scripted it was the end of the day and i was like yeah i yeah. think we should go live and talk about this and then we she was like yep all right cool and so then and we just went in the conference room and went live so that was that was the reasoning for that was we were just speaking off the cuff and then i also wrote an article on linkedin uh that summer as well that made the rounds it kind of went kind of crazy um, and one of the, and I, I mapped out three different things that I thought that we could, we could do right now to help start um, being less race of a racist industry. Yes. Um, and one of them was education. So like even right after this call, I'm going on to my monthly club, which we, I, one of them was education, educating kids at a lower level. And so that we, uh, I started a club with my friend, Chris C. He was, he's on the inside at the district and we had uh, over 300 kids sign up for this club of financial wealth, uh, and, and wealth building and real estate. And, uh, you know, and so we're just, I'm just trying to educate kids. And then um, I'm pressing on making uh, the financial literacy a graduation requirement for the school district. And they actually are piloting a program now. And, and hopefully next year that's going to be enacted as a unit in uh, one of the graduation requirements for juniors. So, you know, we're, we're trying, that's the systemic change, the change that yes. I'm talking about. I think that we all have uh, things that we're passionate about. For me, it's education. That's easy because I'm here and that's what I've done. But I know that for anyone that's listening, that's an owner, you know, what are you passionate about? First start, like you said, with where you're at first in this. And that's what I heard you say was like, I, you know, what, what can I do? How can I help? And that's right. the first disposition to take is like, okay, well, then how can I educate myself? What do I need to know? So it starts within. 
right. then you'll find like, okay, man, that's crazy. And then the, you're naturally going to go to what you're passionate about. Like I'm passionate about kids. I'm passionate about people. Right. So that's just where I naturally go. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all about, and Anne naturally goes to snacks for schools and stuff, you know, like she, she's doing her own, she has her own snacks for schools thing every week that we do. So um, it's, it's, there's, there's so many things that we can do. It's just about just seeing, it's like the reticular activator, right? Yep, right. Focus on expands. But, I, but I think a lot of that is based, I mean, you and Michael speak the same language because yeah. you've got the, you know, the, the training of educators and coaches. And I mean, so mm -hmm. much of that, I, I knew you two would, would connect, but I also think, you know, because we have this strong connection to education, uh, we heard the stories. We really were aware of things. I mean, education, looks at everything through modern education, looks through an equity lens at everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'd sold houses to a lot of teachers, a lot of librarians, a lot of people who are, you know, so you really feel that. I think one of the things that real estate has to understand is, is when you operate in whatever your sphere is, sort of acknowledging that there are very real things happening out there that are not in your immediate vicinity. Mm -hmm. And they may not even impact you. Right. You may not be hearing about them firsthand. We've, um, talked about this recently where it's like, you've got to go out and look for some of this information. Exactly. You, you've got to be open. It's out there. I, I mean, and move away as much as I hate to say this uh, at the time we're recording this, like, unfortunately, a lot of the diversity that people who live and work in predominantly white communities experience is through news stories where they're watching harm coming to black and brown people. Like they're not, they don't experience the the joy and the everyday sort of uh, life activities because they're not in diverse circles. And so if you want to, you, you've got to make a deliberate effort to expand what you're consuming, whether it's what you're reading, listening to, you know, watching, um, because there's all kinds of people out there who are telling you how to make this happen or offering their perspective. And nobody needs to just get that one view into, um, Diverse lives. You know, it's funny. We we're like when I was in the office downstairs, most deaf was on and it was the black on both sides album. Mm -hmm. And and that came out in like 2000. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and the stuff that you're talking about is literally happening, right? Like it's not, it's no different. Right. And so I was just like, I was just sitting there going, man, he's, this is nothing, this is not a new narrative. You know what I mean? So but I, I think that's, you know, I think a lot of, uh, and, and this might even be jarring for people who are listening to hear me like speaking so directly to white people, people kind of get frustrated with that. But it's like this, a lot for a lot of white people, 2020 was an awakening to racism in the world. And it's like, for a lot of uh, non-white people, this has been going on for a very long time. It's like the yes. conversation around, you know, anti-Asian violence, like uh, this is yeah, nothing new. Yes. And so yeah. the, the level of exhaustion that people are carrying um, and, and so white people sort of lean in and say like, Hey, I want to check this out. And then maybe they get a little hurt or a little offended because um, they bump up against something that's painful, it's truly pre painful yeah, for rough. someone. And then they don't want to enter back in. And I know like for me personally, that's my goal is to keep bumping in and messing it up and, you know, knowing how to apologize and be accountable because we're not going to get it right, quote unquote, or, or fix it. We just have to keep working on it. Well, and you bring up a great point. I think that um, the uncomfortableness is when, and, and I'm just speaking my personal experience from the, from the things we've been going through uh, as a company, what, with the organization uh -huh. we're working with for doing the same thing is that, the uncoverableness becomes is when you go, crap, I'm part of the problem. 
Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, let's be honest. And and you say, okay, so I've got some work to do, you know, and and going back to what you said, Anne, is that, you know, if you're not, if you're not experiencing it or putting yourself out there to see it, it's real easy just to check out. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and that's, I think that's what we're saying is that how do we, how do we all check in? And say, you know what, it is, it is an issue. And, and, and collectively, we all have to take responsibility of it. Yeah. Right. And the, and the crazy thing is, it's the easiest thing to do, which not, it's not, it's actually, it's crazy how hard it is, which is just to listen, that yes. people will tell you. So if you sit down and ask Dave what his experience has been, he's generous enough to tell you, he doesn't owe anybody that, but he will because he's a teacher and wants to see change. But how hard it is for us to just listen without centering like our experiences and seeing it through our lens. I mean, that must not be, and, and I've heard that even just being in proximity, Dave and I, as you know, have known each other since we were children right. and married for 20 years. And uh, the number of times that I've had people say to me, I mean, that wasn't it. They, they weren't looking at it this way. And I know. Right. They, they want to, they want to put their reality spin on it. Mm-hmm. And, and we do that all the time i mean we just and and so that'd be like the number one thing that somebody could start doing would be just listen to someone's experience not the number Mm -hmm. one thing but one of the things you can do is just take that in and just sit with it and not challenge it and not interpret it yeah and also just be curious Mm -hmm. yep just be curious well and i think also be be okay with feeling uncomfortable Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. that's, it's huge. I mean, and a lot of people have an, an adversity to that because they're like, it doesn't feel good. So why should I have to do it? And it's like, isn't it great that you have that privilege? Right. And we're used to being good at stuff. Like when I came to open this office, like I was not good. I was like 15 years in another career. Like I was good. You know what I mean? Right. And so now you move. And so I'd already been through this kind of shift where I was like, holy crap, my name don't carry any weight <laughs> at all, like none. Right. Well, outside of just being Anne's husband, I was Anne's husband for a whole year, everywhere. So then it was just like, okay, <laughs> I got to figure this out. <laughs> Who am I? What do I bring to the table? What's my value proposition? That, that was um, super easy on our marriage, just for the record. <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah, I can imagine. I can only imagine. And then Inman names but, both of you. You're like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I just think that we're mostly, and so with this whole, with the whole race discussion and the awakening, um, it's hard to be not, not informed for a lot of people who are very informed on a lot of things. Right. Uh, You know. Well, I mean, as, as white people, like your view on the world is the, is the reality we've been told, you know, that's, that's our, that's what we've been taught since we were, that's our history. That's everything we've been. And so relearning that is it's challenging. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's challenging for somebody like me who's lives with a black person and is very motivated with biracial children, like to do this work. And I still like see my unconscious biases seeping out all over the place and having to, you know, so it, it takes deliberate effort. It's worth it. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And it, and it, it, it takes consistent deliberate effort. It's not, it, mm-hmm. it's not like this is, yeah. oh, we're going to do these, these trainings and then everything's going to be great. It's, yeah. it, it, and I think that's what I, I'd love for the listeners to hear is that this is something where collectively we have to put in the effort on a regular basis. We have yeah. to be present. We have to be able to listen. We have to open our minds and we have to say, you know what, what part of it do I own and am I responsible for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. yeah. And not be, I think asking yourself, like, what are you afraid of? Because I think a lot of people, I'll, I'll just speak for myself. There's something in my, in my leadership program, like speaking for myself. <laughs> 
I don't like screwing up, right? Like that's, as a leader, that's something that I think lots of people feel. Um, and so when you're talking about issues of race, I think a lot of times people are afraid of screwing up, but it's like, well, what's the consequence of that? You know, what's the worst thing that could right. that could happen to you? Is it that somebody will call you a racist? Is that you'll be uncomfortable, you'll be embarrassed? On the spectrum, isn't that more tolerable than someone's life being at stake or yes. somebody getting discriminated against and not getting the home that they deserve to live in or, you know, so I, I think when we really start looking that in the eye and saying, what am I afraid of? You know, if I say the wrong thing, what's the consequence of that? Honestly, the stakes in the big picture are pretty low for most of us. Yeah. Uh, but it's almost like it's it's this very scary thing to enter into. And I just think it's much more harmful for us not to engage yeah. and not to enter into it. I would totally agree. Totally agree with that. And I have to tell you, I, uh, I, I'm educated every day from my kids. Yeah. Um, I mean, we have some really interesting conversations at the dinner table now um, where, oh, yeah. you know, it's yeah. like, I, I love their perspective and where they come from. And um, it, it enlightens me. And I think that having that open mind to know that we can learn from anybody, you're never, what, you're never too young to learn and you're never too old to teach. I think that, um, you know, there's a lot of education out there that we need to tap into to better understand how we can be better collectively. Absolutely. Right? Yep. Anything, anything you would say for those owners out there that are listening that are saying, well, what's the first steps? Okay. So we've been trying to do this, but how do we, how do we get the ball rolling? Well, I, I like, uh, my first step is, uh, educate yourself and where you stand in all of this. Um, where, where, you know, what do you know about today? And it's a perfect month too. It is the national fair housing month. So, <laughs> you know, take a look at what, what some of those numbers are from a systems level. And if you're a systems person and a numbers person, then go straight to the numbers, go look at the numbers. So um, that's the first thing. And then, if, and then also read some books on what your, where your privileges lie. What is, what's happened in your community? Where has the redlining taken place? Yes. What, like Which is all really eye-opening by the way. I mean, right. very eye-opening. Yeah. Um, well, because there's, there's a whole movement right now um, about, around gentrification i mean and and i think realtors are super uncomfortable having conversations around gentrification because look we we profit off of it and yes. um but there's there's quite a bit of news being made and again fair housing month like is a good opportunity to explore that a little bit um but i think doing the deep dive on that and and looking at it from even just a like dave's saying a very almost scientific standpoint because yes to understand gentrification, you got to understand redlining. You got to understand historic housing policy. And it helps you understand the anger and pain behind it is not just policy for the impacted communities. So, yeah. Um, and, and understanding like you can't do it all. Yeah. So, <laughs> right. Do we understand just, that? <laughs> well, no. Pick something. Trying to do Pick it something all. and go <laughs> deep, right? Don't go wide, go deep. Pick something and go right. deep on it. Real estate is a great place to start because when being in education, so you have education, systemic racism, you have uh, policing, you have uh, you have uh, housing, you have it's 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 an, and so our our system, our industry is real estate. So let's dive into what that looks like in real estate, and I and that's what I would advise. Uh, you know, I would not advise, recommend people do if they don't know where to start. Start with yourself and start with what what how's it look in real estate? How's that look in my community? Even if right. you're in a non-diverse community, it's okay. Like, um, still look at how did that come about and where was the? Because I I guarantee you can find something. 
Oh, there's I, always yes, those. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I, I love it. The last thing, there's a last little thing in here. I want to just read this is kind of pull it full circle. It says, uh, we have had a few people telling us that we've got to get bigger to have significant impact. Um, and I wrestle with that. Uh, and I think, and you were saying this, but you can have a big impact right where you're at. Uh, we're a little brokerage and I think we're making important waves and starting essential conversations and we do great on real estate side too. So, um, and, and the reason why I think this is so important, because I think the message I want people to hear, it doesn't, it's not about how big your voice is. It's about how consistent your voice is and it's changing one aspect at a time. Would you, I mean, kind of expound on that a little bit about what you said. There, there's a, what, what's the metric for, like, when you look on it, you look at people and kind of on a spectrum of, like, who's likely to, there's a scale almost, isn't there, like, a name for it, but who's likely to change their mind and who isn't, right. and, and I think we've realized, like, spending the bulk of your time on people who are sort of curious, are open-minded, like, would like to engage and want to go deeper, um, that pouring a lot of resources into those folks, and that's who we've built our brokerage with, are people who are in that that mindset and uh then when we think about their reach and who they can impact um and what those conversations might look like you know it, it's very motivating because um we are going deep just like you said a minute ago go go deeper with a smaller group yep because our end game isn't about how many houses are we going to sell and again we, we do great as a brokerage our brokers are really productive we're not compromising on um what we're doing professionally to accomplish this piece of it um, but for instance, right now, there is a, there's a proposal in the city of Tacoma to try and create some more density. Uh, we have a housing crisis, right? We don't have enough roofs to go overheads and we've got more people moving here and no sign of it letting up. And so Tacoma's um, got this proposal that's put forward. And I was super proud because the Realtor Association issued a letter in support of it. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. and that is something that I don't think we would have seen in the past. And you know, we have to speak up and I mean, we as owners, as, as realtors, um, and throw our support behind issues like that because policy change is really the remedy to a lot of these things that we're talking about. Right. It, it's not, it may, be, it may be soothing to us to read and understand the history and feel like, ooh, I got it, Black Lives Matter, you know, or <laughs> um, to, to kind of lean into the conversation. But what we really have to do is we have to be able to affect systemic change Creative in our community change. and in our industry. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'll say it's twofold too. So you have the policy, but also the policy is no good if the people carrying out the policy have implicit biases and, exactly. and have you know racist tendencies in terms of, by racist, I mean, not person to person. I mean, to be a racist, you have to systemically, you can have to have systemic, you have to be able to systemically oppress people to be a racist. So like, it's really hard for me to be a racist because I, well, I guess now as an owner, I can, in my own little world, in your own little world, you could, yeah, but I, yeah. But uh, you know, like, and so there has to be, so like, you can have the policy. So like, we've had fair housing for what fifty years now, and we still yeah. have the gaps, right? So if, if we're if we have our implicit biases, and I'm carrying out this policy, they show up all the time. I mean, I see, I can point them out, like, boom, like that on a, on a decision, or like, if the NFL does something, I'm like, ah, man, I, I, I just that didn't seem like it was coming from a genuine place. Um, so anyway, there's there's a lot of different he, things going on. I had Fanning was like, let's wrap. We asked yeah, for a sorry. wrap up, a wrap up sorry. comment. And we just no, no, I love it. No, we can go back. We can go back. Off these questions. So this is good. Yeah. And and actually, our our 
brand new high schooler is waiting at school because yeah, he missed right. the bus. Yes, you, I know day. you need to leave. And so uh, last thing real quick, uh, if anybody could read a great book about some of this stuff, what would be one recommendation you'd have for our listeners? I personally like, uh, well, The Color of Law is like kind of mandatory, the, like a textbook read. Yeah. It's tough, but I really like Race for Profit. Yes. Um, it's another tough read, but it really goes into why fair housing hasn't worked. And race for profit for our longtime real estate folks who can remember, you know, HUD and FHA and sort of like the the cycles that that's gone through because we have a long time a lot of long timers in our in our group. Um, for my folks who are already like, you know, think they're pretty woke and and with it and are trying to figure out what to do more. I just finished a book called Hood Feminism that. Mm -hmm called me hood, in, hood feminism hood feminism uh yeah. that really yeah called called me in to keep doing the work because it uh yeah just any anybody who already thinks they've kind of cycled through the normal stuff okay um a good opportunity there to learn more i'm going to throw both these books in the show notes and last thing if people want to reach out and get a hold of you what's the best way to contact you I mean, you know, every, everybody can look up our phone numbers, but <laughs> I'm on, I'm on Instagram. It's okay. really easy to find me right. there is to Jones. Um, and, you know, after a long day, I'm a lot more likely to answer a direct message on Instagram than I am to look at my email yeah, right. okay, so, perfect. If, I'm, if I'm chilling. Okay. So, Dave, how about you? Yeah. Same Instagram. Instagram. Uh, okay. Instagram. And I've got both your Instagrams. Well, Hey, you guys, I want to thank you for taking the time. I know you guys are really busy. You got a lot of stuff going on. Um, and again, congratulations on your person of the year. And uh, thank you for being on our podcast. I really appreciate it. All right. Thanks, man. All right, everybody. Okay, everybody. Hey, have a great day. Be awesome. Help somebody. And we'll talk to you later. We hope you enjoyed our podcast. We want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. If you found it useful or helpful, please feel free to share it and also give us a rating. Also, if you think that Windermere Coaching might be right for you, please feel free to just look us up at windermerecoaching.com. And we'll end by saying this, be awesome and help someone. Make it a great day.